Hey, Alan. Hey, Matt Green. So, have you ever had a really bad day and something happened and it changed the way you viewed the rest of the day? Oh, like this morning? <laughs> <laughs> you did tell me all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, well, I mean, it's not a bad day, but yeah, going to the gym after like a couple of months of not being there and then um, not being able to lift what I could lift before and like just... Yeah, it's a little bit humbling. So how does that change your perception of yourself? Yeah, so I mean like the temptation is to just see yourself as weak or weaker, um, not as strong as that guy over there who's lifting what you're able to lift and all of a sudden your your identity becomes, uh, I, mean, at the, I mean when you're out of the gym it doesn't matter, but when you're in the gym your identity becomes like what you're able to achieve at the gym. I mean that's yeah. a very minor little moment, but yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's, and that's exactly kind of the principle that we're following is a lot of times based upon what's happened in our day, it changes the way, not only how our day goes and kind of sets in motion things for the day, but it also sets in motion how we view ourselves for the day. Right. Yeah. And um, something we talked about last night um, was this idea of gospel identity. You know, the gospel is glorious. And we talked about that last week, which mm-hmm. I thought was great. Um, but gospel identity and the reason gospel identity is important is because it reminds me that my identity is not found in the highs or the lows. Yeah, yeah. You said last night, not in our suffering, nor our prosperity. Yeah. So when things are good, I have an identity that's intact. <clears throat> yep. And when things are bad, I have an identity that's intact as well. Yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't impact actually who I am mm-hmm. in Christ, yeah. And and if we were going to try to describe what what life is and how life experiences go... I mean, we would have to say there's good and there's bad. So like every single day, it's like we're encountering good and we're encountering bad. Yeah, I mean, like <clears throat> in a couple of months time when I'm back to lifting the weights I could lift before, all of a sudden my identity becomes what I'm, what I'm able to lift in the positive rather than what I'm not able to lift today. So, yeah. I mean, that's, these are very, it's a very minor example compared to actual human suffering. It but is. I'm just, it's, a, it's a, a moment for me that's just applicable for this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, of course, we, we see ourselves in different ways, don't we? But the, the most important thing, and if we're talking about gospel identity, we're saying, how does Christ view me, mm. right? And that's yep. the most important thing in light of the gospel and in light of me being completely, as it says, hidden in Christ, as we're going to see here in a minute. What does that mean about me and how should that change the way I view myself? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Colossians 3 is what we looked at last night. So do you want to take verses 1 to 4? <clears throat> yeah, verse 1 to 4. Um, and I think last last night we really focused in on uh, our identity in light of our sin and suffering. So mm. we really did a... I thought you thought you did a great job looking at the negative side of life and how our identity's fixed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, verse 1 to 4. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Yeah, and I, and I think back to what you just said a minute ago. Um, there's the sufferings and there's the prosperity. There's the mm-hmm. good and there's the bad. And we are going to primarily look at the sufferings today. Mm-hmm. And God willing, next week we're going to look at the, the the prosperity side of things. How does that change the way I perceive myself? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think... So as, as a saved individual, right, there, there's a way that I should view myself that someone who's not a saved individual, whose identity is not in the gospel, yeah. can't view themselves. Yeah. So um, obviously when we, when we talk about gospel identity, um, the first thing we think of is sins forgiven, 
You yeah. Because that's like one of the greatest benefits of the gospel yeah. is our sins being forgiven. But the fact that our sins are forgiven doesn't change a very key fact about who we are, which is the fact that we're sinners. Mm, mm. So like we're still going to sin. Yeah. Yeah. So on, on those days, Alan, when we, when we have a bad day, morally speaking morally so not not my inability to lift no, weights no, no. Or let, probably let, my pride like my well, i guess it would so be when, when i'm having an ego trip for for not being able to do that and mm-hmm. i'm starting to yeah yeah but any like an actual yeah sinful day. so so yeah. applying that you've done something goofy or right. you've your 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 eyes have wandered or your mind's wandered or you've said something or you've done something yeah um how what's what's the temptation to allow that to affect the way you view yourself yeah, so suddenly I am my failures. I am my rebellion. I am I am my brokenness. Um, I am, uh, yeah, I am that type of person, you know, mm. and that becomes how I I define myself in those mm. broken moments, um, which just leads to a cycle of shame <clears throat> and guilt, right? So I'm supposed to feel shame and guilt when I sin, but if I don't do something, if I don't do the right thing about that shame and guilt, then all of a sudden that becomes the circle of my the definition of myself becomes the sin i've just committed or keep committing that's good yeah yeah and 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 we all fall into that trap at some point on some level and it might might be heightened for some people who deal with with uh psychological uh issues and things Mm. like that you know where Mm. if that's a common everyday experience for you kind of struggling mentally yeah then that's going to be heightened isn't it yeah or habitual someone who's stuck in a habitual sin that becomes like becomes the definition of who they are i am this person yeah and then one one thing that we were talking about last night is there's there's always the temptation whenever we, we we fail to think so we wake up the next day after we've had a big failure mm. and we think well how can I get back in this now mm. how how can I do anything profitable for God today I'm I'm damaged <laughs> goods yeah like all this baggage I'm bringing to Jesus Jesus mm. doesn't want my baggage Jesus doesn't want damaged goods mm. and so there's almost the temptation to think. Um, I just need to stay where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. You know? And of course, that's not the right way to think. No, no. You're, we're talking about the the gospel forgetfulness yeah. that that comes into all of our lives as Christians. Yep. And and I think I mean just going back, like you were saying last night. I mean, why we're going through this series on Sunday evenings is because we don't want to get to the point where the gospel is the beginning of the Christian life. The gospel is the way in, um, and then like it's the it's the milk of God's word. It's the ABCs, and then we move on to deeper truths. Yeah. You can't move on to deeper truths from the gospel. You just learn to swim in the deep end of the gospel. Mm. Um, you're you're as as you wade into this into the pool of theology, you're wading into the gospel truths. So the gospel is for the Christian life, and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so verses verses five to ten. I'm just going to read that real quickly, and it just shows us that we're surra- we're always going to be surrounded, both externally and internally, mm-hmm. by brokenness. Right. Yeah. So he says, "Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old." I'm sorry, I'm in verse number nine. I'm going to start in verse number five. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to go backwards. <laughs> Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. And he mentions fornic- fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness. Which is idolatry, and the fact that he has to say to do this, yeah, suggests that we this doesn't come naturally even as Christians. The fact yeah. that he has to say he hasn't said, and this has happened. He says, "I do this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's a common struggle. Yeah, right. and verse six, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. So when mm. we think about the gospel, 
in the glorious gospel, it saved us from these things. You know, it yeah. saved us from the the wrath of God, which comes upon those who do yeah. it. In verse seven, in which you of yourselves um, once walked when you lived in them. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's a connection between verse seven and verse number four. I think it's I think it's a wonderful connection. You once walked in them, but now Christ is your life. Mm. And in verse number mm. three, your life is hid. Yeah, beautiful. In yeah. Christ. Yeah. So uh so yeah, there's there's that connection. In verse number eight he goes on and says he says but now you yourselves are to put off all these. And he, and he mentions a different form, a different manifestation of the brokenness inside of us. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. And, and so in, in verse number nine, lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that, is, that created him. Yeah. So he's saying these are still bad. So by us talking about gospel identity and saying we need to view ourselves X, Y, Z does not mean that we ignore the fact that there's still objective morality yeah. that we should be heeding to. Yeah, and so I, I wrote down when you were speaking last night, um, I'm not defined by my sin, but I should still be broken over my sin. Mm. Um, yeah. So when that shame and guilt, when I when I commit that sin and that shame and guilt comes, uh, which is healthy to to be to feel shame and guilt when I sin, yeah, yeah. but then that's what I do with that in that moment, which mm. is to to run to Christ, right, yeah. um, rather than to allow it to become the definition of who I am. Mm. Yeah, and there was that that quote that I sent you a few weeks back of the uh, whichever Puritan it was, I can't remember, but said, um, you know, grieve when you sin, mm. not when you repent. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because we're claiming when you when we repent, we're claiming. <clears throat> forgiveness we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're repenting before a merciful god you know mm-hmm. um and so and so then for we can we can mourn our sin and joyfully repent mm-hmm. and receive mm-hmm. that forgiveness yeah absolutely yeah but but it's just a remind the fact that the fact that paul is having to remind them about mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. speaks of the fact that um everything around me even my thoughts <clears throat> even those around me you know we, we whether it be looking at wars or childhood, what, you, you, name it, whatever yeah. people say, this is the worst thing in the world. Mm. And we look around at it and, and you ask someone, what makes this world so broken? Mm. Some people would say, you know, like church abuse. Mm. Some mm. people would say wars. Some people would say child abuse, politics, this, that. Some people would go so far as to say max, masks and vaccines. Right. And people yeah. have all of their ideas about what's broken in the world. Mm. And we can look outside. Yeah. But whilst looking outside at the brokenness, we can actually forget the fact that inside until someday we see christ and we're like him yeah we're still broken yeah i think it was gk chesterton who who wrote an article i think a lot of philosophers write an article to some newspaper it was like what what's the problem with the, what's the biggest problem in the world or something and there's loads of like big essays written and he just wrote back me mm. <laughs> so he yeah. saw himself as mm. and what he was saying is like i'm a sinner you know yeah. i'm a rebel of god but i'm without christ so mm. no, that's good yeah so brokenness around me brokenness within me and, you know, we're, the thing is, we're, we're new creations in Christ, right? Yeah. So there's no question about that. We have this still broken nature, mm-hmm. uh, our broken bodies, our broken minds at times, you know. Um, but also, um, we're new creations in Christ. So there's this dynamic of the flesh and the spirit at battle, isn't it? Mm. Um, to put off the old man, but put on the new man. And that's that's the trick. Mm. Yeah, um, that, yeah. <laughs> that's the the daily um, striving. Mm-hmm. 
I almost said struggle, but I mean, it is a struggle, but it's the striving in Christ by the Spirit to live this way. Yeah, It might be worth just saying that um, even though we we sin and we're not impervious to sin, obviously, as believers, um, it's also not our, our, it's not what fulfills us and 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 pleases us no when for, for example we, we we don't practice sin we practice righteousness yeah as, as the, as the yeah. bible says that's, i think there's biblical terms yeah so like on a day-to-day basis i'm not practicing sin as a believer it's not like i'm trying to get better at sinning yeah i'm trying to get better at being righteous yeah in, in christ yeah verse yeah. 7 says you once lived in this lifestyle mm-hmm. it's like it's not you once did <clears throat> these things it's you once mm-hmm. lived in that it's that yeah. habitual lifestyle of committing all of these sins so back to the original point in the midst of the daily struggle, right? Um, encountering temptation, trying to fight off these temptations, and it becomes a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Like for however many years you live, you fight with it every single day. Mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult not to take those, not to take sinning on as your identity. Yeah, those defeats. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, so like it's a great passage to come to. Um, all throughout this section has identity. Mm. Who, who we are, and I mean, verse one, raised with Christ. Mm. Um, verse three, dead and, and then hidden in Christ. Verse four, you're going to be like Christ one day. Um, it just keeps going on and on. You, you've put off the old man. You've put on the new man. You're being renewed in the image of of Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Um, it just keeps going. And verse twelve is like you know, elect, holy, beloved, <laughs> and then verse thirteen, forgiven by Christ. So mm. that's who I am. That's who. That's how Christ defines me. Mm. Uh, this is the Holy Spirit inspiring Paul to write this. This is how God sees me, yeah. even in my uh, failure at times to put off. Yeah, Josh McDowell, um, in his book His Image, My Image, he said the truest thing about ourselves is what the Bible says. Mm. So God's estimation of me is what is really important. Mm. And and I think that that slots right in to uh, verse number 15 and 16. Do you mind reading those? Yeah. Uh, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Mm. So now, kind of transitioning from sin to suffering for a minute. Mm. Um Everybody has dark moments, mm-hmm. some more than others. Mm-hmm. Suffering, loneliness, sadness, however you want to say it. Um, you know, friends fall out. Yeah. So you've experienced yeah. like betrayal, yeah. abandonment, estrangement. Um, so how might that affect my, my self-image? How I view myself? Yeah, I mean, thinking of like uh, in, in my group last night um you know one of the men was talking about how he, he used to be fit a fit man um and now he he like he's like hustling up against the wall after walking for quite a while mm. and all of a sudden he is he he can the temptation is to see himself as a weak man you know yeah um and that becomes i am a weak human being i i mean we are weak oh, but, yeah, but like without realizing that jesus is strong in us so it's just mm. that becomes your your soul definition i'm a weak man mm. i'm a failure i'm a, I'm a broken human i'm a lonely person i'm yeah. a, i am i am someone I, I i am a depressed person who can become your identity rather than someone mm. who struggles with the yeah, brokenness yeah. of the world well, one thing we talked about yesterday morning um looking through uh the book of acts chapter eight is that um you know, as when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about Jesus being victorious over sin and hell. Mm. And um, in terms of the epistles, Paul says in Romans 8 that we are more than conquerors through him mm. that loved us. Mm. So because he's conquered 
sin and hell. Yeah. We are we are conquerors as well. So that's that's literally who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And we can have all of these different um things that we struggle with, things that we encounter, you know, um mental health related um struggles right now. Yeah. Are, are rampant. And I'm, I'm yeah. sure they've already always existed in some type of way, but whether whether we say just um kind of the dog eat dog approach of this life or whether it's um the lockdown we went through yeah. or whatever it is yeah it seems yeah. to be heightened right now yeah and it's but it's still the taboo it's still <clears throat> a it's still shameful to admit that that um you're broken in that way yeah. you know sadly yeah and um you know here between me and you and and now everyone listening <laughs> <laughs> um you know a few years back i had a mental breakdown yeah and yeah. uh, you're getting ready to open up about something that happened yeah. in your life yeah. as well, which I'm I've sure had, we'll hear more about. I've had nervous breakdowns, had panic attacks, um, even in the recent months. So, yeah, um, but it's not who I am. I'm not a victim of, of the of the experience. I'm a conqueror in Christ, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I can choose to allow it to be a, to be something that defines me or I can choose for what Christ says about me, which mm-hmm. is actually what the truth is, to define who I am. And that's great, yeah. yeah. I'm going to read a little excerpt from... Um, Suffering by mm. Paul David Tripp, which has been a, a tremendous blessing to the both of us. Yeah, both, yeah. Um, but it, but he's talking about sufferings. He's, he's provided a list of ways that people suffer. And he says, uh, these sufferings are all very difficult human experiences, but they do not define you. Mm. That's, that's mm. powerful. Mm. And we could just like put a full stop right yeah. after that. They do not define you. Mm-hmm. So whether we're talking about suffering, loneliness, sadness betrayal abandonment um they do not define you yeah and they must not be taken he goes on and says and they must not be taken on as your identity a little bit later he says this if you are god's child you carry the full meaning of that identity with you no matter how hard life is and no matter how weak you feel embedded in your identity as a child of god are wonderful comforts just the kind of comforts that every sufferer longs for the comfort of God's amazing right here, right now, grace. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. And um, the the thing that gets me, uh, the one that, that really spoke to me back after my nervous breakdown was when God the Father looks at God the Son at the baptism and says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, what we've just read here, Colossians 3, uh, your life is hidden with Christ and God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. So it just clicked for me one time that, because Jesus lives in me and God the Father sees Jesus in me, mm. God the Father declares over me and you know over my sisters in Christ, you're my beloved son, you're mm. my beloved daughter, and yeah. whom I'm well pleased. And in my in my in the brokenness of my sin and in the brokenness of my suffering, God the Father looks upon Alan and says, You're my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased, because he sees Jesus in me, the righteousness of Christ. Mm. And that's that's who I am. That's me. That's that is the true reality of that defines who I am. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Uh, I'm just thinking of the words of Jesus, you know, when when and how this how it all connects in. So so in in the uh, I think it's in the upper room discourse. He says, "My peace I give to you, not as the world gives." Mm. Um, and what he's saying is, I'm not going to give you peace that's here today and gone tomorrow. Mm. Mm. So I so in, in terms and, and I think that connects in with gospel identity, doesn't it? And and who we are eternally in Christ. Yeah. So I'm not a sufferer. I'm not a sinner. I'm, according to the New Testament, I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm more than conquerors through him that loved us. And according mm. to verse number three, I'm hidden in Christ. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, so how does how does that change how I view myself? Yeah, and I think the important part of what you said, like what you said last night, was um, towards the start of your message. The understanding of our identity impacts the way we live our lives. Mm. So it's not just like I accept these truths and then I just I embrace them and carry on my day. Mm-hmm. Like knowing these truths in my sin and in my suffering changes how I go throughout the rest of my day, which means. I can have that peace that, um, and then it, Jesus also says in that section about joy that no man can take from you. So mm-hmm. as I fill my mind and fill my heart with <clears throat> these realities, these eternal realities that truly define me now mm-hmm. in Christ, yeah. that impacts the way I treat other people, treat my circumstances, treat my sins, every, yeah. every single thing. It treat it, it changes everything. Yeah. I, I feel like that passage is hijacking our conversation now because I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking that joy and peace that he talks about that he's going to give and not take away yeah. is connected to the Holy Spirit right. and his work inside yeah. of us. Yeah. So obviously the purpose of the Holy Spirit, according to what Jesus said in relatively the same passage, is to... To guide us in all truth, mm. but to constantly reinforce the words of Christ. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in our lives, in the in, in the, in the world, surrounded by the lies of the world, surrounded by the lies we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit brings to our memory the things that Jesus said are true of us. Yeah. So, and that's that's beautiful, isn't it? So, so it means that. Um, so, so, so if the gospel, and, and we could define the gospel in many ways: the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the, what Jesus is trying to do is make peace between us and God, mm. right? Because the wrath of God is resting on us, yeah. waiting to just fall on us. You know, mm-hmm. as, as, uh, it was Jonathan Edwards' famous sermon, mm. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry mm. God. And without the intervention of the gospel in our yeah. lives and applied to our lives, then that's the future for us. Yep. So then when we experimentally transfer our trust from ourselves or any goodness in ourselves or anywhere else... To Jesus, there's this imputed righteousness that takes place, and also there's imputed peace that God gives to us as well. Yeah. So if if the gospel is my identity, then it means, um, and this is all in the New Testament, but I'll be striving for peace. Mm. I'll be striving to be a peaceful person. I'll be striving for unity and yeah. harmony. Yeah. Well, and it says that in verse twelve of Colossians three, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Put on tender mercies, mm. kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering. Mm. Uh, you know, bearing one another, forgiving one another. So, yeah, like if if that becomes if that and then Paul is writing this and saying this is what this is how you're now defined. Now live like that's true, <clears throat> yeah. and that some the defin the true definition of who I am motivates the obedience, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. So, so so again, boots on the ground. Mm. How how does this look? Let's 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 apply it for a minute. Both of us are married. Right. So let's apply it to to marriage. If if I'm embracing my gospel and de- identity and allowing it to move me, mm. how might that look in the context of marriage? Wow, man! I like that you just asked me that and left me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it means that Victoria doesn't define me. Um, mm. It means that our relationship, whether it's we're having a really good day or we're having a hard day, doesn't define me. Um, and it means then. I can, I can accept my sin quicker mm. rather than excusing it or blaming her, or blaming yeah. the circumstances. Yeah. Because Jesus defines me, I can grieve my sin with confidence mm. and come to Him and ask for forgiveness, and then receive that forgiveness with joy, as you said. Yeah. And then extend what verse twelve says: extend tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long suffering to her. Mm. Um. So that I mean, I I feel like. 
in the last couple of months, couple of weeks even, we've like seen how the gospel is actually still impacting our marriage and still we're growing into this even more and more and we're quicker, we're, we're getting quicker and quicker to reconcile and to repent before each other. And it's, it's not us. It's, it's Jesus and the mm. spirit working in us by, mm. by the power of the gospel. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And, um, your time to confess. That's the response I was hoping <laughs> to get from you. And, uh, and I, I would actually echo, uh, echo that. I feel like, um, myself and Amanda from a relationship standpoint, I've seen a lot of, um, positivities from the past few weeks and past few months just mm. in how we treat each other how we speak to one another how we mm. um yeah and and i think um yeah it's it's this principle of a soft answer turns away wrath mm. you know mm. what i mean and that there's a gospel truth in that i know that's that's an old testament principle but there's a gospel truth in that yeah, of course. you know seeking seeking peace and seeking um to to kind of um abolish the conflict that might mm. be there but so in, in, this is the last thing that I'll just say is, is in, in the context of the church. Yeah. So we're sending this out to our people. Right. Um, I say our people, the Christ people. <laughs> our brothers and sisters. Yeah. Our brothers and sisters. <laughs> um, and how, how does that look in the context of the church? Um, because one thing that I'm finding over and over again is particularly the cross. Okay. So, so the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ primarily. Um, the cross is the great leveler. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The cross creates common ground between all of us mm. because it reveals that I'm no better than you Yeah. because I need the cross as much as you needed the cross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so how how does it change the way I interact with church family? I mean, in like a hundred thousand ways. One of the ways I've tried to be living out more recently is I'm able to bring my sins to my brothers and sisters with courage. So because Jesus defines me, because Jesus defines me, um, and, and what he says about me is true and he knows everything about me and yet he still defines me in that way. Um, then I can, like last Sunday night, you know, I asked for my brother, like we were going taking prayer requests and I just asked, would you pray that I would be a, I would grow in my patience as a husband towards Victoria. Mm. And that, you know, they're like a bit shocked because <laughs> like, yeah. you know, but it's like, and then, but then it led to a bit of confession time where we're all like, yeah, we're not always doing this right. And that time of prayer. And then even during the week, people were, we're like messaging saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Please pray for me about that too. But because Jesus defines me and not what, it's not, they don't define me. What their view of me isn't who I am. It's what Jesus says about me is true. And that mm. gives me the courage to say to my brothers and sisters, hey, here's where I specifically feel this week. Mm. Um, pray for me about that, you know, yeah. rather than putting on the masks of, I'm fine, thanks, how are you? Please pray for my bad toe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's great. And, and I think, um, you know, I, I see little nice little um, ripples, I guess, in the past of things where, where that's worked really, really in my advantage in terms of being able to enter into a good relationship with the people in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, for example, yeah. um, you know, I just remember opening up to him once about the struggles I was having mm-hmm. mentally at the mm-hmm. time. And, and that actually forged a relationship yeah. and a friendship between him and I, where he was opening up to me about things he'd never opened up to anybody right. about and, right. and vice versa and, and just a beautiful thing. And then, and then Karen, who is my, basically mm. my surrogate UK mother, <laughs> um, you know, we, we have a, a really special bond too, because yeah. there's something that we're both struggling with that we've opened up uh, about and just kind of that, um, not, not like a support group, but like a commonality. Yeah. Um, a familial bond, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know you're praying for each other, encouraging each other. Um, 
That's a beautiful thing. Because the thing is, man, everyone in the church is struggling with sin and struggling with suffering. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's we have to get to the point where we're able to bear one another's burdens. You said that last night, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And, you know, I can't bear your burden if I don't know what your burden is. And mm-hmm. I can't, I can't like pray with you about things if you don't tell me and, and vice versa. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I think be broken over your sin, but it doesn't define you. Lament, mourn, and grieve your suffering. Like mm-hmm. the Psalms give voice to that, yeah. but don't let it define you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what you said last night towards the end was, I have, to, I have to preach this to myself daily, preach the gospel to myself yeah. every day. And Victoria and I, every morning, you know, we read the Bible together, we read another book together, and then we pray and we always pray the gospel. Not like, Lord, please forgive me for my sins so I could be born again. <laughs> We're already born again. Yeah. But thank you for the gospel. Thank you that what you said about us is true. As we go out today, you're with us, um, strengthening us, forgiving us for our sin, giving us the power to live the life you've called us to. Those are gospel truths. Mm. We remind ourselves every single morning because we need that every day. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah. So the, the most powerful gospel that I will preach this week is the gospel that I preach to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's been good, and uh, thanks for listening in, and uh, grace and peace to each and every one of you. Amen.